0: Good morning Converge Church, come on everybody on your feet, are you ready to worship the Lord this morning? Come on, are you ready to worship the Lord this morning?
1: Hey, come on clap your hands! When night has fallen, when fear is coming, still you're calling me When faith is lost my hope exhausted be my strength and when my mind says i'm not good enough god you're enough for me and i've decided i'm not giving up cuz you won't give up on me you won't give up on me i'll hold on you won't let go I feel it breaking out like an echo Your love is holding on and it won't echo I feel it breaking out like an echo Echo in my soul Hey, come on! Come on, let's sing it together In every season You keep repeating Promises to me. Now, let's stop it when you are starting, come up. Have started. Until, it Until it is complete. When my mind says I'm, says, I'm not good enough. God, you're enough for me. And I've decided I'm not giving up. Cause you won't give up on me. me. Give up up on bed. Bed. Come on church! Your love is holding on, and it won't let you go. I feel it breaking down, like it dangles. Your love is holding on, and it won't let you go. I feel it breaking down, breakin like it dangles. And he won't give up on you. Say your love is holding on, it I feel it breaking out, breaking out, I can't let go. Your love is holding on, and it won't it. I feel it breaking out, breaking out. Come on, one more, more time. Your love is holding on, and it won't make it. I feel it breaking out, I can't let go. I I feel it breaking out I can't go I can't In the morning, yeah, sing your light like you child dogs and bring our joy to our light of sorrow, our joy is coming. In the morning, yeah, in the morning, in the morning, Come on, let's do that again. Oh, sing your night, and bring our joy. Won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. I know, I know, I know, my joy is coming in the morning. In the morning yeah, the morning. come on, say your name. When drown out darkness. and bring our joy to life, yeah. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. Coming, coming, coming in the morning. In All, the morning. Praise you. All praise to King Jesus. I know, joy, yeah. I know joy is coming. I know joy I know joy is coming. Yeah. Joy is coming. Yeah. Joy is coming. Yeah. All praise to King Jesus. Yeah. I know my joy, yeah. joy is coming. joy yeah. never you have failed, failed me
0: failed. Yet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. waiting for change waiting to, for change come. to come. knowing the battle's won. yeah for you have never you have failed, failed me yeah come on sing it out if you know it I'm still Great is Your faithfulness, your
1: faithfulness.
0: I'm still in Your hands. This is my comfort. You never
1: fail. Never fail me, yeah.
0: Never fail me. No the night won't last. No the night won't last. Oh your word will come to pass. Your word will come to pass. Oh my heart. My heart will see your praise
1: again. Oh Jesus,
0: you're still
1: enough, Jesus, you're still enough. Your promise still stands. Great is Your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in Your hands. I'm still in Your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Oh, Your promise still stands. Great is Your faithfulness. Your and hands. this is my confidence. This is my comfort
0: Perfect
1: God that cannot fail. let let me see you put your hands together like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, let me hear you say, I see you move. I see you move. You move
0: the mountains You move the mountain. There's no god we believe, believe. you're gonna do it again. I see you do. You're always better. making way out of way There
1: was no hey, way. You're gonna do it again. I'll see Say, I've seen you, see you move. You move the you mountain. I, I believe you're gonna do it again. You're always making way Out of I don't know. And I believe you do it again. I've no seen you. See you move. You're going to do it again, Jesus you see, it again. You're always making ways and Ways out of no way when there was no I way believe. I believe Whoa. I see you do I it see again you move. I see you move You move the mountain. I, I believe You're going to do it again, I see yes. you do You're it You're always again. making ways Out of no way I've seen, I've seen you move. I've seen you move. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. You move the mountain. You fade away. You made away. way, fade away. And, and I believe you're going to do it again. I'll see you do it again. It again. And, I believe, and I believe. I believe. I've seen you do it. I've seen you do I'll see it. I've seen you do I'll it. I've seen you do see you it. I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. I've seen see you move. I've seen you move. I've seen you move.
0: So Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for all that you are, hallelujah. We thank you for all that you've done today for us, oh God. Hallelujah, we thank you for showing up in this service today, Father. We ask that you come in and move by your spirit, Father. Send your anointing, your your anointing that destroys yokes of bondage, oh God. That chain breaking anointing, Father, we need it today. Oh, God, we ask that you would rest on this house, Father. We ask that you would breathe on us today, oh, God. We ask that you would just send send your grace and your mercy and your spirit, Father, to rest on us in this place. We ask that you would touch our leaders, that they would give us a mighty word today, oh, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
2: Good morning, good morning. You may be seated. We just thank God for today. This is the day that the Lord has made and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it, amen. We are so glad to see you. For those of you who may be watching online or you joining us for the very first time, I am Pastor Wendy Harmon. I serve alongside my husband, Pastor Ray Harmon. He's going to be coming to you in just a few minutes. But before our announcements, I just wanted to say a very heartfelt thank you for last week. Number one to our Converge men. If you're a Converge man, please stand up. Unless everybody give them a great big hand. They surprised the mothers for Mother's Day. Gentlemen, you may be seated with a breakfast that was just served in excellence. They didn't just put out donuts and pastries and you bottled juice, they had it catered. So thank you so much, Converge men and Converge Her. Y'all just showed all the way out. I am so not confused. Yes, Converge Her just bless my socks off. And Pastor Ray and I, you know, there have been times and years when we started out in ministry when we're like, oh my goodness, is what we're doing even matter? Does it even matter? Are we actually really called to this? And it's not about the gifts you gave, it's about how you showed up. And you showed up that way, whether I was gonna be here or not so we are so not confused about your love but i just have to thank you for all of the cards all of the gifts every single thing because you have your own parents you all may come on cassie you can come up you have your own families to take care of. pastor ray and i and i know we come from cultures where it's like show the man and woman of god honor but you're just being here You staying connected to the Lord, you praying, you showing up, serving one another, you being community to one another is more than enough. So for next Mother's Day, I want you to just take care of your own mamas like you took care of me. We've got pastor's appreciation and everything you take care of us. And I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm just saying you are released from that obligation because you all just love us so much. We are so well loved. We are not confused. In the fact that what we do together is mattering, mattering, but is it matters? I teach fourth grade, and we just say all our favorite made-up words, and when we want to. So I, I just wanted to say thank you. Nothing was missed on me. And I just love the way you love me, but we're gonna love our community. I just had a good time. I did act like it was Christmas. And I sat down. I even I got new shoes. I got I just got all the things. I'm trying to decide what I wanna do with the cash. Do I wanna buy a cricket? Do I wanna go to the spa? Cause I already got I mean, you all just did it up so. Next year we're gonna shower our community. Maybe the the. I'm gonna ready to go. I just love you, and I just say thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>
3: thank you, Pastor Wendy. We do love you. <laughs> yes, love you. we do love you. Thank you, Pastor Wendy. Good morning. Am I on? on? No, nope. you're not. I'll start. Hi. Hey, Cassie.
4: Hey.
3: I'm Cassie. No, I'm Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andrea. This is Cassie, and we get to come today and share a few announcements. With
4: and I think I'm here. Hi. Hi, good morning, good morning, thank you. We love you, Pastor Wendy, and we appreciate that. I think we can serve our community and still spoil you. So we'll we'll just see about that next year. Uh, But Good morning. Thank you for joining us. If it's your first time with us, we are so happy you decided to to drop in. We know there's a lot of churches in the area. Um, We hope that this will be a complete blessing to you. Um, We want to say good morning or good afternoon whenever our online family joins us. So those streaming in, um, hello and welcome as well. If it is your first time, please stop by and uh, meet us outside. We will have a small gift for us. You'll see us out there with teal bags. So just come find us. We want to get your name, uh, meet you. Uh, We'll also put you on our email. Email list. Um, that's the way that you can get all of the announcements we're about to share with you and the details as we have new um, updates and um, dates coming. You can get on our mailing list that way. And we just want to meet you. We want to say hi um, and thank you for joining us. And our gift for you is just our way of saying thank you. Um, also, if you're not following us on social media yet, that is another way to be up to date with our dates and the details of the events coming. We have a lot going on, especially as we get into summer. So make sure you follow us at We are Converge at we are Converge, except on TikTok, we are at Converge Church. Um, Alrighty, so you may have noticed last weekend it was a big special day for us ladies and we invited our students to come join us in so we kind of went off script on our second and fourth student Sundays so the students are meeting now so if you have a middle school high school student and you're in here and you want to join the students they're back in the verge and we will also meet next uh, Sunday as well so the third and the fourth Sundays see a couple people moving around so uh, again students are meeting today also next Sunday, and then we'll pick back up with the second and fourth Sundays of the month with our students. And last, but not least for me, is mark your calendars for May 28th. May 28th is Pentecost Sunday, and is a kickoff of a new sermon series called Fruition. And for those of you who have been around with us for a little bit, you know when Pastor Ray comes in with a new sermon series, he's fired up. So we wanna make sure that you're you're here with us, and or if you're traveling for Memorial Day weekend or not, um, in-house still mark your calendar to join us online and listen in so we're excited to to celebrate that sunday so again may 28th keep that in your calendar thanks
3: i we also want to make you guys aware that we are um going to kick off a towel drive on sunday june 4th benefiting Streetside showers which is one of our local missions they serve our brothers and sisters in a few local communities just in case i was going out we're going to start again. Mark your calendars for Sunday, June 4th. We are going to kick off a towel drive for Streetside Showers. Streetside Showers is serving our local brothers and sisters in the community that are currently experiencing homelessness, and we want to collect about 500 towels. They have four locations across. Plano, McKinney, Irving, and Garland, and they use about 300 towels each month. We, as Converge Church, want to be a blessing and do even more than that 300, so we're looking to collect a minimum of 500 towels. We're looking for 200 uh, washcloths, 200 towels, and then 100 hand towels. So we'll have some receptacles out beginning the fourth in the atrium, and we would love for you guys to partner with us in being a blessing to Street Side Showers. We also want to make you aware that Sunday, June 11th, is Water Baptism Sunday. Yes, one of the benefits and one of the blessings of a growing church is that we have multiple first-time decisions for Christ. So if you have made a first-time decision to follow Christ, this is your opportunity to publicly profess your faith in Jesus. Or if you have been a longtime believer, but maybe you were sprinkled, you weren't baptized by immersion, this opportunity is for you as well. So we would love for you to register. There should be a QR code on screen. Just scan that QR code online. We'll have a link in the chat for you and you guys can register and we'll get all the pertinent details over to you if you would like to partner with us because we would love to celebrate this faith milestone with you guys. The last thing that I wanna share has two parts. On Sunday, June 18th, it is Father's Day. We gotta clap it up for our fathers. We need a little bit more energy for our fathers. Please and thank you. Yes, so the theme for that Sunday is suits and sneakers. Come ready and dressed men for your suits and sneakers. But in addition to that, we also on Father's Day have one of our time-honored traditions, which is baby dedications. So if you have a new little bundle of joy or a baby that has never been dedicated, this opportunity is for you guys. Just send an email to admin at weareconverged.com and we'll get all the details over to you, but we would love to celebrate blessing your babies and dedicating them back to God. That's all we have for y'all alrighty thanks next person you guys hear from will be
5: pastor jesse good morning good morning good morning good morning Converge church thank you so much for coming we're excited that you're here we're glad that you're here we're blessed because you're here and we're blessed because of who we are Christ Jesus. We want to thank you today because now we get the opportunity and with our offerings. So we're glad that you're here. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety. We would appreciate that. Make sure you put your name, address, Email is very important. If you haven't given us your email, it's an opportunity to communicate your email to us. Put your email on that envelope as well. There are a couple other ways that you can give. You can also give by texting seven seven nine seven seven give You can also give by sending a mail envelope, put it in the mail and mail it to us. You can give that way. You can also give by going to our website, weareconverged.com, and you can give that way as well. You can also give through Zelle. Please use the email that's associated with our Zelle, accounting at weareconverged.com. And you can also give by using your cash app. We would certainly appreciate all of your giving today. We have a purpose, we have a goal here at Converged Church to fulfill the plan and purpose of God. And God has a plan to help us with the right resources. That's why he teaches us and we are to obey in the giving of our tithes and the giving of our offerings. So we thank you for that today as we continue to prove God's word. Amen, amen, look at me. Come on, let me see a smile. Everybody just give, have you smiled this morning at anybody? Look at somebody and smile. Tell them you look good. Tell Miss, when do you like it when she get her new shoes? Amen, we like it that she got new shoes, amen. We thank God for you today. Let's bow our heads and let's pray and let's believe God for the offering. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed today and we're so thankful that you have blessed us, that you give us the skill, the ability, God, to receive wealth from you. And we thank you, God, that we want to honor you with everything that we own. And so, God, today we give our first gifts unto you. God, we're so blessed and we're so thankful. We're believing, God, that what we receive today that will be in your hand, And that, God, that we will be good stewards of the blessings that you give us. And that we will accomplish what you want Converge Church to accomplish here in the kingdom. Father, we're believing today that we're going to see your kingdom grow and spread right here at Converge Church. So we thank you for the many blessings that you give us. God, we receive it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, let us all say together, amen.
6: Are you ready to hear from God today, Converge Church? Let's try that one more time. I said, Are you ready to hear from the Lord this morning? Amen. We trust that God will minister. To you right where you are, a word in season, whether you're joining us in person or watching online. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us this morning. In the midst of sort of the busyness of everything that's happening, it's one of those seasons, uh, not just in our community, but around the nation where we're having graduations and there's so many things that are happening, but you are here this morning. The good news is the promise of God is that where two or three are gathered together. There he is in the midst of them. We believe that the Lord is here this morning, amen, to meet you, to meet us right where we are. I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge uh, some very special guests with us this morning. Our dear friend Shane and Carol Gilmore are in the house. There are just certain people in your life, you know they are lifers, amen. They're going to be with you through thick and thin and we acknowledge you and we honor you and we thank you so much for being with us this morning. Amen. Uh, This morning is one of those unusual Sundays for us. I don't want to say unusual, but but it's a little bit different because we're not necessarily in a sermon series. We're kind of between sermon series. In fact, next Sunday, which is Pentecost Sunday, we kick off a brand new sermon series that we're calling Fruition. It's one of our traditions here on Pentecost Sunday to kick off a series of uh, messages that focus on what the Bible has to say about the person the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Uh, a lot of times we talk about God the Father. And then listen, we celebrate Jesus the Son and the finished work of the cross. But oftentimes we, 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 we omit and we say very little about the present day ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And so over several weeks, we're going to unpack what the Bible teaches about the work of the Holy Spirit. And not just the work of the Holy Spirit, but the necessity... Of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. In fact, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 15 uh, 16. He said, it is to your advantage that I go, because when I go, I will send Holy Spirit, paraclete, comforter, but that word also implies helper. God has given us divine help to navigate every season and every station of life In the person of the Holy Spirit who indwells every believer. So over the next several weeks, beginning uh, May 28th, Pentecost Sunday, we'll be doing this series that we're calling Fruition. And here's the beauty of it. The Holy Spirit comes not only to empower us, to give us power, or what the Bible calls charisma or grace gifts. Here it is. He comes to develop Christ-like character in us. I'll say that again, to develop Christ-like character in us. And so we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and what it looks like to walk in love and to experience the joy of the Lord and to to walk in the peace of God that passes all understanding. We're going to focus over those, uh, wow, nine weeks, nine, maybe 10 weeks on what it looks like to develop Christ-like character. One of the decisions Pastor Wendy and I made uh, early on when we launched Converge Church is that we will be a church that's not just known for numerical growth. That's good, but that's secondary to us. What matters most to us is that as a church, we experience healthy growth. It's possible to have explosive numerical growth that is toxic, And that people could show up for the right reasons, I mean, for the wrong reasons because it's the biggest show in town. Our focus is to make sure that we raise up devoted Christ followers who look like Jesus. And one of the ways that you and I can look like Jesus is when people look at our lives and they see the fruit, the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, our love walk. The fact that we have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. The fact that we have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, even in the midst of trials and conflict. Oh, here's a good one. One of the fruit of the Spirit is just goodness. In fact, that was Jesus' testimony. How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good. When was the last time you just met someone and you said, Wow, that person is just good. And we need to have more goodness, more kindness in our world. That is evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and that we are under, here it is, under His influence. What about even self-control? In a world where it's so easy to jump on social media and cuss people out, not just the unsaved, I'm talking about Christian folk, where we've given ourselves A license to be overtaken by our anger and our lack of self-control. Listen, over the next nine, well I say next nine weeks, but beginning Memorial Day weekend, which is also Pentecost Sunday, we're going to talk about what it looks like to exude the character of God in every area of our lives. Because that is evidence that the Holy Spirit lives big and strong on the inside of us. And that's going to be our testimony as a church. That when people see us, they see something of Jesus in us and through us. Not just talking the talk, listen to me, but walk in the walk in how we live, in how we love, and in how we lead. Are you all ready for that? It's going to be a game changer. Uh, I encourage you to be in the place. Uh, This morning, though, this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. This is going to be a one-off sermon. The title of today's sermon is simply Carpe Diem. Carpe Diem. I was in prayer, and I felt impressed of the Lord uh, to, to share a message that would challenge us, that maybe even for some, that would shake us out of our complacency. The word the Lord gave us this year which is the same word he gave us last year, was simply three words. There is more. I'll say that again. There is more. There is more available to us in Christ than what we've seen or heard, more than what we've experienced up until now. The the, the, the thing we need to comprehend, the thing we need to grasp, though, is sometimes... What God has for us is waiting on us while we're waiting on God. And God wants to bring us into a greater awareness that what he desires to do in your life next will be determined by what you choose to do now. And he's, we're waiting on him, but the truth is, God's been waiting on you. This morning, I want to challenge you, if you find yourself somewhere between where you were and where you believe God is taking you next, to take action now. Father, we come to you in the name that is above every other name, the strong name of Jesus. Lord, be exalted in all that we do. Hide me behind the cross. In this moment, Lord, I decrease that you might increase in me. And Lord, I ask you to speak to your people. And Lord, I ask that this would be a defining moment for some. That people will receive answers. And clarity. And confirmation. Of the secret prayers they've prayed. And that this would be your response. And your answer to them. As you stir us all up to move us from where we've been to where we ought to be. Move us in this moment that we would have the courage to do what we must do now so that we can experience what you have prepared for us next. We ask that now in the strong name, that name that is above every other name, the mighty, the matchless name, Of our Savior, our Lord Jesus, and everyone who believes and agrees said, Amen. Carpe diem, carpe diem, carpe diem. Uh, I'm gonna unpack that word here shortly, but before we do that, let's look to our anchor text for this morning. Uh, You know that we are sticklers for God's word in this house. That means everything we say, everything we do is going to be informed by God's word, rightly divided. Amen. Uh, you guys are students of God's word in this house. So turn with me, if you would, to our anchor text this morning, which is li- lifted from 2 Kings chapter number 6. Uh, we're going to start in chapter number 6, and then we will land and close in the 7th chapter. So we're going to actually put our eyes on God's word this morning. Amen. It's one of my favorite things as a pastor sometimes to just hear the rustling of the pages as people turn the pages. Amen? Uh, listen, uh, uh, there are just some traditions that are just good. Amen? And one of those traditions for me, man, is just simply sometimes opening the book. Even though we've got technology, even though we've got you version and iPads and smartphones, sometimes it's just a good practice to open God's word, to line through it, to circle it, which is one of the things that I do when I study. So for those who are old school like me, and one of the ways we say it here at Converge Church is, just because it's old doesn't mean it's obsolete. And just because it's new doesn't mean it's necessary. There are some traditions that matter. And that's why Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said it this way, do not remove the ancient landmarks. What Solomon was saying is that there are some things that are just foundational that ought not be tampered with. And one of those things is the truth, the immutable, unchanging truth of God's word. The flower fades, the grass withers, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Uh, 2 Kings chapter number 6 will give us context uh, for what I share this morning. We begin in verse number 24, 2 Kings chapter number 6, beginning at verse 24. And it happened. This is a recurring phrase that appears in Scripture. Those three words, and it happened. It speaks of a sudden shift, of a sudden change that is unscripted and unplanned. There are things that will happen in your life and my life over which we have absolutely no control. My friend Shane Gilmore, that I introduced you to earlier, is in law enforcement, and one of the things they teach them in law enforcement is that you don't rise to the uh, the rise to the uh, 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 occasion; you default to your last level of training and preparation. Ooh, y'all missed that. You don't rise to the occasion what actually happens when you see people summoning courage to do courageous and heroic acts is simply them defaulting to their last level of training and preparation. It's why when David was confronted with Goliath, he defaulted to his last victory and he said, The same God! That gave me victory over the lion and the bear. It's the same God that's going to give me victory over this giant. He didn't just rise to the occasion. What David did was he defaulted to his last level of training and preparation. And my question to you this morning is, what are you preparing for? Because what you're preparing for is an indication of your expectation of what God will do next in your life. You're awful quiet on me in this Presbyterian church. (laughs) Listen to me. The proof of your desire is in your pursuit. And I can tell how bad you want it by how you're preparing now. And it happened. Are you prepared for life's interruptions and disruptions? Because as we look to the text, it begins with a disruption. And the question is, are you ready for it? Because if you got to get ready, when opportunity comes knocking, it's already too late. Let me say it another way. The absolute worst time to learn how to swim is when you're drowning. And it happened. Consider your life right now. Again, the title of today's message is Carpe Diem. I'll explain what all of that means. But are you preparing every day, not just for what God wants to do next, but even life's disruptions and interruptions? And it happened. Wow. Wow. I said all of that based on three words. I don't know if we're going to get through the message. (laughs) And it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. So Samaria is in conflict or in crisis. They have been besieged by King Ben-Hadad of Syria. Verse 25 says that there was a great famine as a result of Samaria being sieged, there was a great famine in Samaria. And indeed, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. Somebody say it was really bad. Mm. And verse 26 says, Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, saying, Help me, Lord King. And he said, Hey, if the Lord doesn't help you, baby, where can I find help for you? Isn't that something? Even when the people who should have the wherewithal to help you can't, the king says, Listen, baby, if God doesn't intervene, not just for you, but on all our behalf, where is help going to come from? And I don't know if you've ever been in a season in your life. I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your life where you were just different. And you looked high and you looked low. And you wondered, where will my help come from? One of the things that we say here converges. Converge is, Whoever you turn to first in a crisis often reveals where you've put your trust. And my wife and I have cultivated the discipline that when we're in crisis and whenever there's a famine, we look up. Listen to me. If your first response to crisis is to look outward, horizontally to the king or the kings in your life, baby, You're looking in the wrong direction. That's why the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. All of my help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and earth. And unfortunately, most of us as Christ followers have made prayer our last resort when it should be our first response. And so here's a woman doing what most of us do is we look for help from those closest to us, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but there's a greater one who is available to help us in our time of need. The people of Samaria find themselves in a situation that requires divine intervention. There is absolutely no human solution to this crisis. And as the king is walking through the city, assessing what's happening in his city, this is what happens next in verse 27. And he said, if the Lord doesn't help you, where is your help going to come from? And then the king said to her, what's troubling you? And she answered, this woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? I'm talking about crises that demand human intervention. I'm talking about being so desperate that they resorted to cannibalism. And just in case you think this is far-fetched, there was a soccer team in South America that crashed into a mountain. And after many days, and this was in the late 70s, after they ran out of food and supplies, you know what they started to do? They started to mutilate the frozen bodies of their teammates to survive. Cut out one chunk of this person, cut out one chunk of that other person in order to live until they were found. Are you tracking what I'm saying? No, I want to paint the picture of how dire and how desperate the circumstances are. So this lady said, "Listen, <laughs> we." <laughs> the, the, the other lady was slick though. She like, <laughs> we gonna eat your son first. <laughs> then tomorrow, <laughs> we are gonna eat yours. I would have been like, "How about we do rock paper scissors and see?" <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. Notice the text. Uh, Verse 29. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, give your son that we may eat him. But now she has hidden her son. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes. And as he passed by on the wall and people looked... And there underneath, he had sackcloth on his body because he was in mourning for his people. And even as the king, he felt helpless to change their circumstances. Then he said, go do so to me, and more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. So the lies of all the part the king said, you know whose fault it is? It's Pastor Ray's fault. Because isn't that what we do in crisis? We look for somebody to blame. God says to Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam said, I'm hiding. And he said, what you doing, man? Uh, who told you you were naked and went through this whole thing? And he says, God, it's your fault because it's the woman you gave me. I was minding my own business. And then you had this idea that it wasn't good for me to be alone. Eve was your idea, so what happened, God, is your fault. Because in crisis, we always look for someone to blame. Not only that, Eve says, well, listen now, Uh, it ain't my fault. It's actually the serpent's fault. And in crisis, it's now the man of God's fault. Let's fast forward to chapter 7. Uh, Chapter 7 and verse 1, Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. I want you to hear me now. In crisis, just one word from the Lord. Listen to me. I don't care how dire, I don't care how desperate. Your situation and circumstance may be right now in this moment. It might look like there is no way out. But one word from God can change your life and your circumstances forever. One word. These people are in crisis. And notice God's response to their crisis through the man of God. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow, about this time. He's talking about a 24-hour miracle. Tomorrow, about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. What he was saying is, 24 hours from now, everything you need is going to be not only dirt cheap, but it's going to be abundantly supplied. Thank you for the polite golf clap (laughs) on the 18th hole of the Masters. Tiger Woods steps up to the ball. He plants his feet. Listen, God can do in 24 hours. In 24 hours. God can do at an accelerated pace. I'm telling you. Let me listen to what they have to believe. They have to believe that God is big enough To move us from eating our own children in 24 hours to having everything we need and more. I'm standing up here and I'm just, I can already, there's there's some of us that's choking on that right now. Because we're looking at our current circumstances and saying it is an impossibility that God could do that knowing what I'm going through. Just watch. There's a spirit of faith that I pray God would raise up in this house. Listen to me. That we will believe that our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you and I could ever ask or imagine. Meaning, if you can dream it, if you can think it, if you can conjure it up in your mind, God is not able, only able to do it, but he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that you could ever ask or imagine. He said, this time tomorrow, 24 hours from now, it's going to happen. I noticed the officer's response. <sighs> Verse 2. So, an officer whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, bruh. Even if the Lord made the windows of heaven open up, could this thing be? And Elisha responded and said, In fact... Meaning, not only is it going to happen, but you're going to see it, but you won't eat it. You know what I mean? God going to do it with or without your participation. Listen, let me encourage you. In this season of what God is doing. Don't be a spectator, be an active participant. Carpe diem. Uh, I can't go any further until I do this, and then I'm gonna preach the rest of the message. But in 1989, there was a movie that made its debut, and and again, uh, in my opinion, in my humble estimation, and by no means a movie critic or a movie buff, it just happens to be one of my favorite movies. But in 1989, this Robin Williams classic made its debut, Dead Poet Society. Indeed, it's, in, in fact, for generations, Welton Academy students had been groomed to live lives of conformity and tradition. Until a charismatic new professor, John Keating, inspires them to think for themselves and to live life to the fullest and carpe diem. His unconventional approach awakens the spirits of the students and inspires them to make their lives extraordinary. But he soon draws the wrath of a disapproving faculty when an unexpected tragedy strikes the school. We're going to get back to the word momentarily, but the production team have cued a video. We're going to watch this and then we'll get back to God's word. Watch this.
7: Oh, captain, my captain. Who knows where that comes from? Anybody? (laughs) Not a clue. It's from a poem by Walt Whitman about Mr. Abraham Lincoln. Now, in this class, you can either call me Mr. Keating, or if you're slightly more daring, Oh, captain, my captain. Now, let me dispel a few rumors so they don't fester into facts. Yes, I, too, attended Helton. and I survived. And no, at that time, I was not the mental giant you see before you. I was the intellectual equivalent of a 98-pound weakling. I would go to the beach, and people would kick copies of Byron in my face. (laughs) Now, Mr. Pitts... Rather unfortunate name, Mister Pitts. <laughs> Where are you, Mister Pitts? Will you open your hymn note, page five forty-two? Read the first stanza of the poem you find there. To the virgins, to make much of time. Yes, the one. Somewhat appropriate, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Old time is still a flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying.
7: Thank you, Mr. Fitz. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now, who knows what that means? Carpe diem. That's seize the day. Very good, Mr. Meeks. Meeks. Another unusual name. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Why does the writer use these lines? Because he's in a hurry. No! Ding! Thanks for playing anyway. Because we are food for worms, lads. Because believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. I'd like you to step forward over here and peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. I don't think you've really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts. Full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope, just like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what they were capable? Because you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. But if you listen real close, you can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen. You hear it? <clears throat>
6: Carpe diem. Seize the day. I said, "Well, Pastor Ray, what does that have to do with anything?" Let me connect the dots for you. Carpe diem, which means "seize the day," carries the idea of making the most of every moment and making every moment count. Carpe diem is a latin aphorism taking from the book from book 1 of the roman poet horace's work called odes it is in fact an agricultural a horticultural term that literally means to pluck the day while it is still ripe somebody needs to hear that this morning to pluck the day while it is still ripe. Leonard Ravenhill said it this way, that the opportunities of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. Because the truth is, opportunities do have a shelf life. And that's why it is called a window of opportunity. Seize the day. Pluck the day while it is still ripe. So the story picks up because now God has given a word. And then the question is how can this happen? How can we go from this famine in 24 hours? To abundance. Even Mary wrestled with that question in her own life. When the angel shows up to Mary and says, "Hey, Mary, you're going to be the mother of Messiah," and she says, "How can these things be? Seeing I have never known a man." There are some of you in this room this morning that God has put a, a great dream uh, has entrusted a great dream to you in your heart, and the question that you might be wrestling with this morning is, "How?" Can this be? The angel's answer to Mary was, It's going to happen supernaturally. And may I submit to you that what God does next in your life is going to happen supernaturally. But listen every miracle from God. Requires partnership. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Every miracle from God requires human partnership. He ain't going to do it for you. He will do it with you. First miracle he ever performed, and that's a, a principle of of hermeneutics, the interpretation of Scripture, it's called the principle of first mention or first things. Because when you study Scripture and you look at the first, in a, in a sequence, it establishes the principle, but it also shows the pattern. And the first miracle that Jesus performed was the miracle of the wedding feast at Cana when he turned water into wine. How did he do it? He told him, go fill the jars with water. Because miracles require divine intervention and human participation. Y'all ain't listening to what I'm saying this morning. No, listen, most of us have missed opportunities in life, opportunities in life that were sent by God because we were waiting for God to do it for us. And God said, I want to do it with you, not for you. And so God says, this time tomorrow, there's going to be so much. You're going to be paying pennies for what you couldn't even access. This time tomorrow. I'm talking about God putting a picture of your future in your heart now. That looks radically different than what you're experiencing now. 24 hours. 24 hours. So, so this is how it happens yeah, this is what I, I love this story me, 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 uh, Carpe Diem sees DMCs today so y'all say okay so let me I gotta let y'all go uh, but, but let me tell you let me tell you how God does the miracle. y'all ready for this? Yeah. Let, 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 let's see how God did the miracle. God said this time tomorrow there's going to be stuff everywhere but how did he do it? Uh, let's look at the backstory of how God did it because miracles require divine intervention and human participation. Y'all ready for this? Verse 3, verse 3. This is the carpe diem component of the message. Here, Here it is. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, so listen to me, listen to me. There's a famine in the land. In the city ain't no food. The lepers can't even go into the city because of their physical condition. They're considered outcasts. They've been ostracized from society because of their condition. Their physical condition has determined their social position. They're not even allowed into the city because they're leprous. Why are they even in the story, Shane? Y'all ready for this? Okay, so, 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 so. I, I love this, I love this. So this is what they say, I'm talking about carpe diem, I'm talking about seizing the day. I'm talking about pursuing the opportunity of, opportunities of a lifetime during the lifetime of the opportunity. Because opportunities have a shelf life and they have an expiration date. And God sent me to converge this morning to tell you, carpe diem seize the day, pluck the moment while it is still ripe. And let me tell you, let me tell you this by the time I get to the end of this, you'll realize that what I do, the decision that I make, has implications beyond just me. Listen to me. Your decision to seize the day has implications beyond just you. It means what's at stake if I don't do something right now? And what if My singular decision becomes a catalyst for what God wants to do for everyone else. Maybe you're just thinking about you. Because as we read the story, the decision that these four lepers are about to make was only about self-preservation. And maybe you're in a season in your life where you're saying, I I just got to do something. And you have no idea that your choice and your decision to do something is all that God needs to fulfill the word that he spoke through the prophet Elisha that you didn't even hear him say. Y'all not even listening to what I'm saying this morning. You think it's just about you you just think it's about self-preservation. And God is saying, if, if you make the decision, you have no idea the domino effect. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Okay? Wait, 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 verse 3. It says, I know there were four lepers at the entrance of the gate, Because they weren't allowed in the city. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I could just stay right there and preach the rest of the message right there. The fact that God uses foolish things to confound the wise. He used what was rejected, dejected, marginalized, and ostracized as his vessel and conduit for the miracle. If you're in this room and you've ever felt like an underdog, you are the perfect candidate for God to use for the miracle. Because when God does it, ultimately he's going to get all the glory for it. Somebody say carpe diem. Seize the day. Listen, listen. So they said to one another. Why are we sitting here until we die? Notice that question. These four lepers reasoned with each other. Why are we sitting here until we die? No, 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 I want you to think about that in t- in the terms of your own life. How long am I going to stay in this? how long am I going to tolerate more of the same how long am I going to wake up and sit here go to bed until the next morning knowing that if I stay here ain't nothing going to change seize the day seize the day And sometimes God sends famines and crises to disrupt our mundane routines. God can use desperation as much as he can use inspiration. And maybe there's some people in this room and God has tried to inspire you. He's tried to motivate you. You ain't listen until he sent the famine. And now, the only thing that's going to get you to bust the move is your desperation. I can't sit. Let me take off this. This distracted me. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. I ain't going to sit here another day. Because if I stay right here, there's only one possible outcome I'm going to die. And there are people in this room right now. Living lives of quiet desperation. Suffering in silence. Waiting God for ch- to change something for you. And God say, I'm only gonna change it with you. God, for some of you, has tried inspiration to motivate you. It ain't work. Alternative, Brooks, is now desperation. Carpe diem sees the day. Can I take my time with this a little bit? All right. In Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time for you to break camp. And move on on. they stayed at Mount Sinai for 40 days weeping and mourning what was Moses had died and God said it's time for y'all to go into the land of promise but they were stuck in what they lost and most of us don't realize that God wants to be the God of not what you lost but of what you have left and God said Y'all stayed at this mountain long enough now. Yeah, yeah. Take time to mourn. Take time to cry. But at some point, you have to make the choice, the decision that you're going to get up from this mountain, break camp, and move on to what God has next for you. Four lepers, Shane. He said, why are we sitting here until we die? They came to a realization that if I don't do something, not Mama now, not Auntie them, not God, if we don't do something right now, right. Right. there is only one outcome: we all gonna die. Right. Can I go a little bit deeper with this? Can I can I go a little bit deeper with this? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, United States Army Rangers have a motto, and their motto is sua sponte. It is a Latin term that means of your own accord. Most of us are of the persuasion that soldiers only do what they're commanded to do. Not true. In sua sponte, the Rangers understand that there will be moments in life and in warfare where you have to do it, of your own accord. So the first thing the Lord sent me here to tell you is stop waiting for permission. If you're going to seize the day, listen to me. Stop waiting for human permission to do what God has called you to do. Sua sponte, of your own accord. Sua sponte also carries the idea uh, or describes an act of authority taken without formal prompting from another party. Ain't nobody got to tell you what to do. In other words, sua sponte is doing what needs to be done without being told to do so. If you're going to seize the day, you have to stop waiting for human permission to do what God has already authorized. Because suasponte is about being intentional and it is about taking initiative. In fact, most of you don't know, well, some of you know this, but for those of you who are new to converge... Uh, You don't know this, uh, but one of our leaders here is a highly decorated U.S. Army ranger, retired lieutenant colonel. In fact, I think we got a couple of pictures of him. You see, Pastor Jesse, I call that look the chocolate smolder. Come on, somebody. Pastor Jesse, as a U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Retired understands Sua ponte Y'all don't know this about him, but the movie <clears throat> Major Pain was inspired by his life. You want me to show you a little something? Take your mind off that pain. You platin' on me, boy. Bring it back, Pastor Ray. What <laughs> Pastor Ray, not even, I mean, Pastor Jesse, not even in the room, is he? Sua sponte. The Bible teaches us about sua sponte. I promise you I'm going to let y'all go in a second. Listen, I'm motivated. I'm challenged. I want to challenge some of us to move beyond our complacency. Listen, because what God does next, you're connected to it. Okay. <laughs> So, 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 uh, uh, Victor Hugo said it this way, initiative is doing the right thing, the right thing, without being told. This is the way Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said it in Proverbs chapter six, verses six to 11. He says, go to the ant, you sluggard, <laughs> Let's pump the brakes there for a second. Because one of the, one of the rules of public speaking is know your audience. So Solomon is talking to lazy people. Okay. I'm just reading the Word. And notice what he says to lazy people. He says to lazy people, there's some lessons you can learn from an ant. That little insect crawling around your house that you just smashed. He said, you can learn some things about life from that little ant that you called the exterminator to get rid of. you ready? He says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, no overseer or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. You know what i Ant ain't got to wait for permission from nobody to tell it what to do. Sua It takes initiative knowing seasons. The ant recognizes seasons. The ant recognizes the inevitability of seasons. It's not whether or not a dry season will come. It's inevit- It will come. The question is, are you prepared for it? And because the ant recognizes seasons, winter, spring, summer, then fall, winter, spring, summer, then fall, winter, spring, summer, then fall, it is predictable. The patterns are predictable. And so the ant prepares for what is inevitable. Y'all didn't hear that. Because it is predictable, you can prepare for what is inevitable. Let's make a picture quote of that on Instagram. I was just kidding. I liked it. I don't want to forget it. Are y'all saying what I'm saying? If you know it's going to happen, winter, spring, summer, fall. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Prepare for it. Y'all not listen to what I'm saying? There's certain parts of the country, if you're in Minnesota, you will winterize your car before the winter comes. Ain't nobody got to tell you to do it. Because when you know, you know that when winter comes, you better be ready. Sua sponte. Taking initiative. Now notice, I'm just going to say this. Men, this verse is especially for us. Because it says, go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider her ways. That means you need to listen more to your wife. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, baby. It says, Consider her ways. Having no captain provides her supplies. I just had to throw that in there for good measure. Notice where it says, How long will you slumber? Listen, it says, How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall poverty come upon you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. You can sit there all you want and wait on God and squander opportunities, sleep on it. Oh, let me sleep on it. Sleep another day and wake up. And guess what it says? You're going to wake up one day and poverty, not enough, lack, is going to come upon you like an armed man. Stop waiting for permission. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, I'm going to let y'all go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to let y'all go for reals. Now, notice the next verse. I just got to get through this. I just got to notice the next verse. Notice what they say. This is important. Because the first thing in sua is stop waiting for permission. But here's the next thing. Yes, the next thing. In not just sua sponte, but carpe diem. Carpe diem. Uh, uh, notice verse 4. They said, if we say we will enter the city, the famine's in the city. And we gonna die there. And if we sit here... We will also die. Now, therefore, now, therefore, now, therefore, come and let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. Did y'all hear what I just read? They said... If we go in the city, we gonna die. Cause there ain't no food in the city. If we stay here, we gonna die. But ding, 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 ding. If we go into the camp of the Syrians that have laid siege to us, there's a 50-50 chance that we're gonna live. Y'all ready for this? Carpe diem. Number one, stop waiting for permission. Number two, evaluation plus elimination will lead to execution. Good. Good. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why you're experiencing the, per- the paralysis of analysis in your life. Analysis is good. Evaluation is good. That's what they did. They assessed their circumstances and they said, if we stay here, we're going to die. That's evaluation, right? If we go into the city, we're going to die. That's evaluation, isn't it? So they eliminated those two options. Y'all not listening to what? Let me talk to this. These guys seem like the smart bunch right here. In the, in, they're, they're, this is my A students right here. A plus. Listen to me. They said, if we stay here, we're going to die. They evaluated their circumstances and eliminated it as an option. Because if we stay here, it's not going to give us the outcome we need. Okay, y'all just lost your A plus status. Let me go to these guys right here. Right here. See, See, they got hands up and everything in this section. Come on. Listen, listen, listen. They evaluated the next option. You have options when you make decisions. Carpe diem will give you options. The second option was, if we go in the city, ain't no food there either. We gonna die there too. They evaluated their circumstances and eliminated that option. Listen to me, they had a third option. And the third option was, we can go to the army of the Syrians. The people who have laid siege to us, they are enemies. If we go to them, 50-50 chance. If I stay here, 100% I'm going to die. If I go in the city, 100% I'm going to die. If I take a risk, if I step outside of what's comfortable, because comfortable is staying here. Comfortable is going in the city. But if I take the risk of going into the enemy's camp, There is a 50-50 chance, I'm going to take my chances. So evaluation, they evaluated and eliminated options, it led to execution. They took action based on the best option they had. And notice, the third option that they chose was not perfect. For those of you who are waiting for perfect conditions to make a move, they made a move even though there was a 50% chance that they were going to die, but they chose 50% over 100%. Are you listening to what I'm saying? All faith, all of faith is a divine risk. And that's why you've heard me say this before, I think it's St. Thomas of Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, who said, if the primary aim of the captain were to preserve his ship, it would never set sail. Most people build boats and leave it in the, in the dock. And they never set sail because it, I built this boat, it's supposed to sail, but I ain't going to sail because if I sail, maybe there's going to be a storm. Who builds a boat to just leave it right there on the dock? And the Lord sent me here this morning to say to you, carpe diem, seize the day. Number three, and this is where I close. I've only said that once, and this is where I will close. But notice Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4. This is from the Living Bible Translation. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. That's the principle of carpe diem. If you're waiting for every I to be dotted, every T to be crossed, you will never make a move. I started this church when there were six people under my roof. Pastor Wendy had uh, been home uh, for about three months, maternity leave. My parents were living with us. Levi was a month old. When I made the decision to quit my job, to start a church. And how many of you realize when you quit your job, they stop paying you? It was a revelation to me. I was like, hold on. <laughs> I quit my job. There's no more direct deposits. Yeah. So I got six people under my roof. Uh, one income. Because Pastor Wendy was home. And God says, now start the church. You guys were there. The conditions were not perfect. And when the conditions were imperfect, God said, start the church. And he gave us a word. Exodus chapter 3, 20 and 21, listen to me. One word from God will change your life forever. And that word was Exodus chapter 3, 20 and 21. You will not go out empty-handed. It was the picture of God bringing the Israelites out of Egypt after 420 years of bondage, and they came out with the spoils of Egypt. I thought the church where we had served for six years was just going to bless us out. Listen to me. Not a... But when we stepped out to start the church, people came out the woodwork. And may I say to you, let me just... Because we stepped out in obedience to God, even though the conditions weren't perfect, I have been full-time, listen to me, full-time as pastor from day one. When I stepped out in faith, listen to me, my my, my income wasn't only replaced, it was significantly higher as a church planter than what the, the peanuts they had paid me for six years. Because I stepped out in obedience to a word from God. Stop waiting for permission to do what God sees today. And all these years later, we can look back with no regrets. And that's why Pastor Wendy, yeah, thank thank you, thank you. That's why Pastor Wendy says it this way. Listen, this is a word from the Lord right here. Do what you know to do. Until you know exactly what to do. It seems simple. But that statement is so profound. Most people don't do anything because, well, I don't know exactly what to do. Like the four lepers, do something. You know you can't stay here. You know you can't go into the city, but you can go into the camp of the Syrians. So do what you know to do because even when they make the statement, they say, maybe they'll save us, maybe they'll kill us. But even if they kill us, all we're going to do is die. Do what you know to do until you know exactly what to do. Uh-huh. And here it is. This is where I close. Second time. <laughs> Let me tell you why this is, this is critical. Because we're talking about the lepers, but we don't realize that the lepers are now connected to, to the miracle God's about to do. Let me just tell the story. Or should I read it to you? Let me just tell you the story. The scripture says as these four men, these four outcasts, these four underdogs are walking to the camp of the Syrian army, God caused their footsteps to sound like horses and chariots in the ears of the Syrians. It was so real to them that the Syrians abandoned their camp in a hurry and left behind all the food and all the spoils. When the lepers show up, wasn't nobody there. They had all fled because God took their simple act of faith, took four men, their eight leprous feet, sores and all, deformed and all. And God said, I see something in these four men that I can use as a catalyst to fulfill my word spoken through my prophet. And even though their decision was about self-preservation, God said, I'm going to use where you are to do what I want to do. Y'all not listening to me this morning. Point number three about Suez ponte, about Carpe Diem, it's bigger than you. In fact, I'll go a step further. Actually, I like the middle section. This is my A++ plus 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 rating group. It's not just bigger than you. It was never about you. You know that tiny little prompting that's on the inside of you to do something? That's from God. That tiny little stirring inside of you to take the next step, even though you don't understand, that's God. You know why that's God? That's God saying if you four lepers will make a move... I will use you, your footsteps, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So that your enemies can flee and you can take back everything that the devil stole from you. So here's Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. I'm going to read this part. So they go into the camp and they realize the camp is abandoned. And man, they turned up. And then they said, here it is, they said to one another, we're not doing right. This day is a day of good news, and we remain silent. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. They could have kept the spoils to themselves. They could have said, this is my breakthrough, this is my miracle, I did all this work. And what they realized was the miracle was not about them. The miracle was about what God wanted to do through them. You've heard me say it here before. Success is what happens to you. Significance is what happens through you. And the kind of people that God is raising up here at Converge Church are like the four lepers who will take divine risk. And God will take their divine risk. And as God pours out abundance upon them, it will not be for self-preservation or to be self-serving. God will use you. And through your hands, he will bring miracles and provision, not just to you. But to entire cities that have been waiting for the fulfillment of God's word. Carpe diem. Seize the day. What's at stake if you don't make this decision? If you don't make this move? If you don't step out in faith? Maybe it'll be like Esther. Because the scripture says about Esther. Listen, Esther, if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from another place. If you don't do it, God's gonna find a way to do it. I want somebody to hear that. If you don't take that bold step of faith, relief and deliverance will come from somewhere else. But Mordecai goes on to say, but who knows whether you have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. What if everything you've ever experienced was about this moment. And you ceasing this opportunity in the lifetime of the opportunity. Father, would you seal this word in our hearts? Father, would you give us the courage of these four lepers? Would you help us not only evaluate where we are, but as we evaluate our situation and our circumstances? Father, would you give us the wisdom to eliminate? Eliminate things. Eliminate people. Eliminate habits. Eliminate proclivities. Eliminate choices. That won't get us to where you want us to be. Because it's after we evaluate and eliminate that we can execute. God, would you give us the courage? Even when we don't fully understand. Even when all we have is a 50-50 proposition. If that's all we have. God, that's enough. God, that's enough in your hands. So Lord, I pray this morning for the giants that you're raising up in this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for the influencers you're raising up in this congregation. Lord, I thank you for the men and women who will shift the destinies, not just of their family, but Father, entire cities, entire nations. God, you're gonna do it. We we're, We're foolish enough to believe that there are people sitting in these pews this morning who will shift and alter the trajectory of pop culture, of of, of culture and, and, and government and politics and even business. Just one idea. Just one idea. God, would you find people here that you can trust enough? Because it's not about us. It's never been about us. It's so much bigger than just us. It's so much bigger than self-preservation. It's about your divine purpose in us and through us. We trust you to do that now. We trust you to do that now. Father, we trust you to do that now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Come on, somebody. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Sue Sponte. Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? Uh, You guys know that immediately following, immediately following today's worship experience in The Verge, uh, we've got business leaders that are gonna be gathering uh, for our inaugural Converge Net Lunch and Learn. Super excited about that. I think we have maybe right at about, I think just under 50 coming. Uh, Listen. I'm telling you man, God's going to do some stuff in us and through us that's going to blow your mind. And my encouragement to you is just be in the room, seize the day. day. You never know who's going to be in the room. Never know. I got to say this, and I'm going to let you go. Several years ago, there was a guy that came to visit our church, and not our church, but the church where we were on staff. After this guy graduated from college, he was a marketing major, he got fired from, not that he quit, he got fired from his first nine jobs. Because people said, man, you ain't no good at marketing. This ain't your lane, this ain't your space. By divine providence, he meets a guy named Gary Smalley. And Gary Smalley tells this young man, If you want to change your life and alter the trajectory of your life, read a chapter of Proverbs every day. And so he starts to read Proverbs, and then he starts to make all these notes that he's learning about business and about people and about wisdom. Long story short, long story short, uh, Stephen K. Scott has gone on to be one of the most successful people in marketing, and he has the distinction of having the longest-running infomercial on television. Uh, 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 What's the thing that Chuck Norris used to do? Total Gym. Stephen K. Scott is worth under just a billion dollars. Listen to me. It ain't about the money. I'm just saying, just be in the right room. You can go from being fired nine times To meeting one person today in ConvergeNet that will give you one nugget of wisdom that will change your life. I'm telling you. And I'm not going to belabor the point because the people who registered, we only got so much food. Uh, So (laughs) I don't know if I could do this. If you still want to come, we got seats for you, but you'll watch everybody eat. (laughs) If you didn't register, that's okay. Okay somebody might want to share a pickle with you but i'm telling you man, you like that shavada a pickle i'm just saying uh chuck and sabrina um why don't you stand chuck and uh chuck is going to lead that initiative for us and the reason i'm doing it is because i've seen god do miracles simply because i was in the right room with the right person i've told you the story of how god did this miracle for us it was simply because i went to lunch with a guy who none of the other pastors wanted to go to lunch with. And I went to lunch with this guy when he had nothing. I'm talking about four lepers. And all these years later, stroke the check to make this building happen. Simply because I was willing to go to lunch with him when nobody else would. I'm telling you, the opportunity of the lifetime The opportunities of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. I don't know how God would have done it if I hadn't gone to that lunch. And I don't know what God wants to do for you simply because you come to this lunch. But Chuck, we're going to figure it out. If there's anybody who didn't register and you say, you know what, I'm going to seize the day, you're more than welcome to join us. We'll figure it out. Amen? We'll figure it out. But just be in the room. Pastor Jesse, why don't you come?
5: Thank you, Pastor, for your word today. Can I say something?
6: Oh, yeah, the Army Ranger. Seize the day, Pastor Jesse. Seize the day. Why? No, 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 no. Why are you sucking your stomach in, man? <laughs> <laughs> you see that? Yeah. Please
5: please forgive me. But I'm gonna seize the day. Amen. I'm going to JC Pennies and buy me a pair of skinny jeans just like Pastor Ray. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be all right, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you so much. Bow your head and (laughs) let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, let us receive that word today. Let us go out and seize the day. Let us be intentional in our ministry. Let us keep our eyes open, God, our hearts open, and our spirits clear, God, that we might be able to be functional and productive today. This week, teach us, oh Lord. Help us to be mindful to seize the day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming.
4: Let it go, if you were impacted by today's
6: worship experience, would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God.
4: Or if you'd
6: like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch
0: If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at wwwweaconvergecom forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text CONVERGE GIVE and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience, and we look forward to staying connected with you.